Welcome to the CU Strategy Forum podcast, a podcast designed especially for credit union leaders. Our goal is to bring you the latest strategic resources for growing your profitability and membership. Whether your credit union has 10,000 or 10 million members, we think you'll find today's conversation valuable. The name of my presentation is called FinTech Transformers, The Rise of Primacy. That's pretty good, right? And uh, if you've seen me speak before, I like to talk about how the fintechs and technology are transforming our industry. FinTech Transformers, what I'm really talking about here, I can remember the very first day of banking school when they taught me about PFI. We all know about that, right? Hasn't that really been the focus of our industry now for the past few decades? How can we be the primary financial institution for our members? Great idea, right? We sell a person an anchor product, and then as their needs change, we're there to cross-sell and give them the products that they need. But when I think about the, the situation that we're in today, we have so many competitors, so many challengers, and to me, the days of PFI are kind of over, right? So instead of um, PFI standing for primary financial institution, I think it's kind of transforming into primary financial interactions. So what do I mean by that? So let's take a look at a typical consumer. Maybe it's me. Okay. And uh, if I think about how I categorize my financial needs, this is probably the way that I would describe it, right? And so grab your phone and, and think through the lens of your phone now. So when I grab my phone and I think about my financial needs, this is what it looks like. Isn't it crazy? And so, so many of these apps um, I've downloaded just since the pandemic stuff, right? Like how much our, our behaviors have changed since then. And so at the end of every one of these pictures is some amazing fintech that's completely reimagining how financial services works, right? And changing the expectations of your members. And so I'm privileged that I get to go around the country and talk to people and show them the apps that I'm studying and the trends that I'm trying to figure out but I get a lot of deer in the headlight looks back, right? We're just not aware enough about how these things are impacting the future of our industry. So my grand challenge to all of you today is to be more curious. You know, if you hear an app that you haven't heard about before, download it, try it out. Just keep asking yourself that question. How do these new experiences change what our members expect from us? So I've shared this quote in every presentation that I've given for the last five or six years. It's so important to do these kinds of curious tests because once you try the cool way, there's no way you're going to go back to the old and boring way, right? So I just love this quote. A person's last experience is their new expectation. So today, for the remainder of my time, I'm going to share, you, share with you some products that I've been testing out, some new experiences that I've had in my financial life. And uh, again, keep asking yourself how this changes what our uh, members expect from us. So I'm going to show you some things in the payment world, uh, some new products that I've been testing out there and how that's making uh, shopping for me a lot more fun recently. I'm going to talk a little bit about financial health. And namely, I'm going to show you some fintech examples, some companies that have been doing some new things with some old products that I found really interesting. But I'm going to start by looking back at some predictions that I've uh, been making from the stage for a while. And it's always a little bit iffy when you stand up and start making predictions about how the world's going to go, right? So some people are a little bit scared to do those kinds of things, but I'm not really superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. 
So, you heard that line before? <laughs> so, a few years ago, I made a prediction about a service called Amazon Go. Has anybody heard of Amazon Go before? If you haven't heard of it or been to one of my presentations, this was me back in 2018. I had a presentation called the Amazon Prime Effect, and I talked a little bit about this service called Amazon Go. It's um, called Just Walk Out Shopping. So you'll see at the bottom, no lines, no checkout at the Amazon Go store. So the way it worked at this prototype was that you would download the Amazon Go app. You would walk into the front of the store. Do you see the little green arrows there in the upper right? So you would just scan in with your phone, and then you would shop inside of the convenience store, and they would use cameras and AI technology to monitor your shopping around the store. And so you can see if I zoom in, do you see all the cameras up there? It was really amazing, and so uh, it just blew my mind how amazing this was. I took a little video at the front. You can see people on the left see them scanning in with their phones, and then on the right, you see them walking out with their orange bags. So that's how you check out at this Amazon Go store. And my prediction at that time was, wow, this is really cool. I bet they're going to do this at Whole Foods. And Whole Foods had been acquired by them about a year before that. Now, maybe this wasn't such a bold prediction. You can see they were already putting the Whole Foods logo inside of the Amazon Go store. But I thought, this, this is on. If they start doing this at the Whole Foods, there's no way I would go shopping anywhere else, right? So a few weeks ago, I thought, I wonder you know, if my predictions came true or not. So I went out, and I found that Amazon Go had evolved into a concept that they now call Amazon One. And they have it working now in almost 100 Whole Foods stores. Has anybody been to a Whole Foods store that has the walkout technology yet? So you've been to one? So they um, have started here on the left coast. So throughout California, there are quite a number of the Whole Foods stores now that are offering this experience. And they're kind of working their way across the country. All of these have been opened only since about March of last year. So it's happening pretty fast. And they're taking this service now and putting it into different kinds of environments. Like here are some shots from some of the stadiums and, and, and sporting places in Seattle. So Climate Pledge Arena. Do you see the Just Walk Out snack shopping at the stadium? Or where the uh, Seattle Seahawks play at Lumen Field, you can grab a snack instead of standing in line. Just go grab it and walk out of the store. And then I've been pretty amazed to be testing this out at the airport. Has anybody tried it at an airport? So if you go to an airport, you, maybe you've seen the Hudson convenience stores at the airports. They've been selling in airports for a long time. So now Amazon is actually selling this just walkout technology to other retailers, including Hudson uh, stores in the airport. So you can see the different uh, airports where they're offering it. BNA is Nashville, where I'm from. And so I've been testing out the just walkout shopping at the Hudson nonstop at Nashville. This is what it looks like. If I zoom in, you'll see that the way that they had the Amazon Go originally with the apps has changed a little bit. There are no more apps if you want to take advantage of this service. But instead, it works just by using your card. And so I took a little video of these two women checking in at the front. Now watch her. Do you see she, she tries to tap? You don't tap, but instead you insert your card into the machine at the front there. So it recognizes her card. The door opens, and now there are cameras in the ceiling that will watch her move around the store. Do you see how the shelves are set up like in a grid system? 
So it's watching as she takes products on and off of the shelf. The cameras have been updated a little bit. It's pretty amazing. The one at DFW in Dallas, it's out in the middle of the concourse. There's nothing over top of it. So they can put these things practically anywhere. It's kind of mind-blowing, right? And so if I zoom in, you can see just how tiny the cameras are everywhere. And I've been having a little fun figuring out how to use it, trying to beat the cameras and all that. But I've been, <laughs> I've been most impressed with how they're now giving you the option of not having to use a card at all. They call it pay with your palm. So how does this work? So when you go to the front of the store in the check-in area, do you see the little circle up there? You don't have to do this, but you have the option to scan your palm over that little reader, and it will attach your palm to the card. And now when you get to the um, store, you don't have to get anything out of your wallets at all. And I've been trying this now for the last few months at the Nashville airport. I'm a road warrior, so I'm in the airport all the time. And you know, when I'm running to a flight, you don't want to stand in lines. Like the Nashville airport's getting really busy with all of our tourism. But I found that I just make a beeline for this Hudson store to grab a healthy snack on the way to catching my plane. So I thought I would show you what a shopping trip looks like for me now when I'm grabbing snacks at the airport. All right, so I'm going to scan in with my palm here. Prices right above, right? Now I'll look up, you can see all the cameras that are on. Whoa, goo goo clusters. Okay. <laughs> Anybody know what a Goo Goo cluster is? That's our that's our candy from Nashville. So so much for my healthy uh, uh, snack run right at the airport. So just for the record, Goo Goo clusters are not healthy, but uh, they are yummy. So, but um, if you go out and read about some of the commentary from Amazon, they're gonna um, start selling this to other retailers. Maybe you even noticed just a few weeks ago that Panera made an announcement that they're going to be rolling out the Amazon One. So it's on, right? So the days of paying with our card, you know, are kind of drifting. You know, it's going to take a while, of course, but I've had a lot of fun, you know, not having to get my card out. I'm not concerned about using my palm. Some people may be. But when you read the articles, they say they chose the palm because unlike using your eye or your thumbprint or something, you have to be really intentional about exposing your palm to somebody, right? So you're not going to walk around all over town paying with your eyeballs, right? Like that Minority Report uh, Tom Cruise movie, right? Or something like that. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, but changing the way that we pay for things, right? So my next section I call P for Payments. I think it's been a really interesting couple of years. How many of you are doing digital payments? Raise your hands. It's almost all of us, right? So 90% of us now using some kind of digital payments and people want us to give them more options for digital payments. Now, this is kind of a complicated slide, but if I kind of spotlight it here, do you see the 54%? 54% of consumers want their financial institution to provide them with a digital wallet. But what's really happening in our industry is that, for the most part, how many of your credit unions have a, a digital wallet or a digital wallet strategy? 
You know, some do, right? But it's kind of a complicated strategy, right? And when you look at this, there are um, lots of different kinds of wallets. For the most part, people haven't really been using financial institution digital wallets, mostly because they're looking for things other than just payments from these wallets. They're looking for rewards and points and deals and things like that. So I've been studying how these app approaches are working with digital wallets, and I think you know, from a competitive standpoint, it's gonna be a challenge for us as an industry to compete against some of these giant companies that are so dominant. You all have heard of Square, right? Have such a, a grand market share with the businesses that are out there. You'll see on the left all the services that they're providing to merchants. You all know that they own Cash App too, right? And so that's their digital wallet strategy. They're now building users on the Cash App side, more than 100 million users so far and now creating that ecosystem, this is the manner that they're gonna compete. PayPal's kind of just the opposite. They had more consumer users, more than 200 million PayPal users. They've been building out their business services. So it's kind of a, a horse race between those two, in my opinion, right now. But companies like Apple are building more functionality because they have the phones. They can do interesting things with the wallets that are there. And then the big banks aren't just gonna give up, right? So just a few weeks ago, they announced that they are building digital wallet features into Zelle. And so the idea is as you're shopping on your phone, you, you, you know where the Apple Pay button shows up or the Google Pay button shows up, there'll be a Zelle Pay button that will show up there. I read some things about how they were gonna launch it. It sounded kind of clunky to me, like you were gonna have to punch in email addresses while you were shopping out and it was gonna check things in the background. So. I'm kind of curious to give it a try when it's launched, but I think it's gonna be hard for us as community institutions to compete against the resources of these giant companies. And then on top of that, we've got a lot of pressure coming down on just interchange, right? Has anybody heard of this pay by bank? So it's kind of a new thing that started in Europe last year, and the idea is that there are some companies, like these companies that you see here on the screen, that are in effect promoting uh, techniques and services that allow merchants to bypass the ACH networks. And if they bypass the ACH networks, then we don't get our interchange, right? And so have you heard of any of these companies at all? I, I hadn't heard of any of them, but once I started studying them, uh, I found that there were a couple of companies. Have you heard of these companies before? Okay. So these big dog banks are also getting in on the act of pay by bank services. So Bank of America and Chase announced that they were going to offer these alternative payment systems in Europe to compete against these companies. So it's coming here too. They're plotting how they're going to do that. And again, taking away some of the moments that we've always been able to count on, right? If somebody has to pay for something, what do they do? They reach in their wallet, they pull out your card. So those moments are kind of drifting away from us. My son, um, he's been out on his own. He graduated from college, and he just um, renewed his apartment lease, his one-year um, lease. And when he went to renew the lease, he went into the office to sign the new lease, and they told him, hey, we need you to switch your payment to a direct draft pay-by-bank. And here's how they said it. If you don't do it, your bank's going to charge you an extra fee, which we all know is probably not true, right? But maybe they're teaching them some of these really um, interesting ways to promote these services, but it's coming. So keep an eye on this, do some research on pay by bank. I love the session about marketing today and, and creating awareness. I, it, the four Ps of marketing came out in that session earlier. 
My friend Ron Shevlin wrote an article that I thought was interesting. He said, maybe payments is the fifth P of marketing. Think about that. Don't we have lots of interactions on the payment side? It almost defines the way that we think about financial services through the payment lens, right? And I thought it was an interesting way to think about that. And so what do you do if you're a community institution and you're thinking about how to remain relevant in this world where so many different kinds of payment tools are evolving. So this is the way that I cut, started to think about it, is that I've categorized these different kinds of digital payments, and then I just grabbed my phone and I went out and looked at all the different apps that I have on my phone that are getting into the payments behaviors that are dominating my life. And one of these ideas I, I really ripped off from the CBC team a few years ago Shouldn't we really start by figuring out how to be relevant inside of these apps? Like to me, the place to start is how do we become the card on file at the apps that dominate people's lives? So how many of you at your credit union have a card on file strategy? Anybody have that? I guess if a few hands going up, that's encouraging. So what do I mean by that? So this is one of the things that Rick and his team have been doing. I didn't teach them how to do this. They taught me how to do this. But at the top, uh, what they did is they, they said, okay, if we're gonna be relevant in the lives of our members in the future, we've gotta be the, in the places where they're shopping. So on Amazon Prime Day, Rick and the team started making offers. And they said, hey, if you're a member at CBC and you use your CBC card today for your Amazon Prime purchase, we'll give you, what was it, 5% cash back on purchases up to a certain limit, right? And I thought, why didn't I think of this? This is genius, right? And Rick, what happens? Every Amazon Prime Day, more and more and more members are switching their card on file to a CBC card, giving your team a little bit more stickiness in terms of the products that you use, right? How many of you are Amazon Prime customers? Raise your hand, right? So be the card on file for these apps, right? So now, maybe the second level of it is not, not just Amazon, but what are some of these other apps that dominate people's purchase lives? So it's not that hard. Just grab a transaction file, look at the checking account transactions, and find the accounts that don't have any of these retailers showing up, right? And then make them an offer. There's Rick and team's uh, offer on the top. Uh, I, I'm not a marketing expert, but I came up with some other good ones that I thought were kind of strategically smart. So think about how social media formulas work, right? So you can imagine when Netflix launches a new series, you know, Stranger Things is one of the ones that's super popular, right? Do you ever notice when Stranger Things launches a, a new season, it just dominates all of social media? So get in on that formula, right? Get in on the algorithm of it. So when there's popular things happening each season, just figure out how can we take advantage of the algorithms, how can we get advantage of the minds of our consumers, so the Stranger Things special. That sounds pretty cool, right? So come up with some fun things like that. Now, my next section, I call it the Lord of the Ring, and uh, I noticed there was another digital bank called Quantic Bank that was doing some interesting new things with a debit card that I wanted to talk with you about today. Has anybody heard of Quantic Bank before? This one's kind of an interesting digital bank because they're actually a bank. They're an FDIC chartered bank. They were kind of a sleepy little community bank in New York, but they woke up one day and said, hey, look, if we're going to survive into the future, we've got to step out of our box. We've got to 
start connecting more with people's digital lives. They changed their name to Quantic Bank, and they started launching all kinds of new experiments with products to see if they could stand out from the crowd to make better connections with their customers. And so today I thought I would show you a new debit card that they launched at Quantic Bank. Do you, do you want to see my magic trick on, on the debit card? So I've got it here. Ready? Okay, you ready? Do you see it? It's the ring. So this is my new debit card from Quantic Bank. They call it the pay ring. It says your debit card evolved. So when I, thought, I saw this, I thought, okay, well, this could be fun. So I opened up a Quantic Bank account. I uh, got my pay ring. You'll see the packaging is really cool. And uh, I said, okay, well, let's take it out for a shopping trip. So I'm from Nashville. There's a little town called Franklin close to where I live that has a farmer's market that my wife and I like to go to. And so I thought, if it can work there, it can work anywhere, right? So we made a trip to the farmer's market. I made six purchases with six different merchants at the farmer's market. Does anybody know what that picture is right there? That's the square terminal, right? So out of six merchant transactions, how many of them do you think were using square terminals? All six were using square terminals. And if you used a square terminal, you know it works in a couple different ways, right? You can dip your card into, into the terminal. I thought that was a cool shot. That's not me with the fancy biking gloves there, but I thought that was a good shot. You can dip your card. You can also tap to pay. Five out of six of the merchants that I made purchases with that day were using tap to pay functionality. They had it turned on. But the idea behind the ring, Quantic Bank actually teaches it as knock to pay. So think about that, right? So this is what it looks like. My wife took a picture as I was making this purchase. I talk with my hands. I'm Italian, right? So people are like, well, aren't you just walking around town paying for everybody's stuff uh, as you're uh, doing your thing? But it doesn't work that way, right? You have to be very intentional. You can kind of see it, right? In order for it to work, it has to be about an inch away from the terminal, and it has to be parallel to the chip, right? So the knocking gesture puts it in good position to complete the payment. But what's been really fun for me was watching people's reaction when I reached out to give the pay terminal a knock. Some people would reach out. They thought I was trying to hand them something. Um, <laughs> Some people pulled the terminal back. They were, thought I was trying to pull, pull something on them, right? And then this was the reaction that I got from my new friend, Jim Anderson, from the Buck Snort Trout Ranch. That's a real place in Tennessee. And uh, Jim, like almost every transaction that I've done with this thing, you know what happens, right? The square terminal lights up with the green lights. So I reach out, the terminal lights up, and people look at me like, what was that, right? So I explained to them the pay ring, and, and people are just, you know, they're amazed. I've never seen that before, right? Every transaction that I do is creating a buzz. And so it's been fun for me to use this. It's been fun to watch the merchant's reaction to it. Most of the products that I try and test out, I try them, and then what? I just stop using them and go on to the next product. But I've been knocking out some payments with this thing, right? <laughs> And so I've been adding more funds. You know, I haven't moved my whole primary account over to Quantic, but I've been using it more. And so I've been really kind of enthralled with this. And um, how many of you think that you would be comfortable using a ring to make payments? Raise your hand. Who's concerned about what happens if you lose it? Anybody? So I actually had an, an opportunity to talk with the team at Quantic. They heard that I was demonstrating their 
a ring from the stage, and so I invested some time with them. And I said, how, how are you answering that question for people that are concerned about uh, security? So the woman that I was talking to, she reached into her wallet, she pulled out her Quantic card, and then she held her ring, and she said, which one do you want to be laying on the side of the, of the street? And I thought it kind of proved her point, right? She said, no one's going to instantly think, oh my gosh, there's something that I can go out and make payments with, right? But also inside of the app, there are card controls. This is a debit card. So if I lost the ring, I just log into the app, click the off button, and nobody would be able to do any transactions with the ring. So I've been really impressed with this. It's been a lot of fun. And so I started with my Lord of the Rings reference. So I'll end with my Lord of the Rings reference. So at the farmer's market, I used one ring to, to buy them all. Doesn't that fish look amazing, though? It was, uh, it was very tasty, very tasty. All right. So next, I want to talk a little bit about financial health. How many of you are CDFI credit unions? And so we had a, a, the previous session was awesome from QCash about financial health and, and people in need. And one of the lines there was, hey, hey, look, we can't just do A credits, right? We can't just do prime, super prime credits. It's financial health. Imagine if doctors only saw healthy people. The world would be a pretty challenging place, right? So take that to heart. And I've been studying you know, these ideas around financial health, and uh, the CDFI certifications are interesting. But what kind of blew me away, I was digging inside of Chase's Investor Day presentation. I think I talk about that every year. They release a big deck of information that shows how they're transforming their bank, how they're tackling some of the challenges of the day. It's just amazing how much data are in these reports, all the stats that they're doing. So when I think of Chase, I think of them as kind of the old line wealth bank, right? That they're probably aiming at super high incomes. But this is only 10 pages into the report. It's the first page of the consumer bank strategy outline. And look at the red circle that I put there. Look what Chase is saying. Their focus on the future is increasing their share of younger and low to moderate income segments. And I thought, well, why, why is this? So I went out looking for more information about these segment groups. And I found well, one thing I forgot is that they also had a, a sheet in here about what percentage of their customer base are Gen Y and Gen Z. Again, I thought of them as the old line, you know, mature market bank. 45% of their customers are Gen Y and Gen Z. Do any of you track that at your credit union? What percentage are Gen Y and Gen Z? Is it anywhere close to 45%? Maybe. Okay. So I found some really great information about financial health, and of all places, the CFPB, right? So maybe uh, you, you have your own opinion of them, but the reports that they do were pretty interesting. So every two years the CFPB does a report to Congress about the consumer credit card market. And so I started diving in, and I thought the way that they presented the information was enlightening to me. So look, I, I've been in our industry a long time. I know what these concepts are, but somehow seeing the numbers really drew into focus what this financial health challenge crisis really is for our country. So here you can see the percentage of the, the U.S. population that fits the different subprime to completely credit invisible categories. So look at that, only 41% of us in the superprime category. So we got a lot of work to do to really help people hit that nirvana of financial health. And then I found this summary of the report from MoneyGeek, and just let that number sink into your head for a moment. 
almost 50 million people in the United States that have no credit score or unscorable. Isn't that an amazing statistic? Now, these people need our help. That was the focus of the last presentation. I found uh, these stats inside of the CFPB kind of illuminating to that. This one shows the application volume for typical mass market credit cards. And if I highlight those two columns, you can see at the bottom, those are the people who have no score who are, or who are subprime or deep subprime who are applying for credit cards. So they're at the top of the application list, right? But maybe, probably not very surprising, they're at the bottom of the approval list, right? They're applying for cards, but they're not being approved for cards. And so in particular, the CFPB in their last report, they were almost advertising some of these fintech solutions that were aiming at some of these groups that were in need. And they had a whole section around secured credit card innovation. And if you think about the role that these products play in our industry, I was at a presentation by one of my friends at Visa several months ago, and he dropped a couple of stat bombs on the stage that just kind of blew my mind. Now, some of these are pretty logical, right? So he said the people that use secured credit cards, on average, improve their credit scores, right? You can see by 24 points. That makes sense. It's a product that, aimed to, that aims to help people do this. But the one that blew my mind was this one. One in four of the people that are using these secured credit card products eventually turn into super prime credits. Isn't that amazing? And so you can see, I think, Chase knows these kinds of trends. These fintechs are monitoring these kinds of trends. Chase is an investor in many of these uh, fintechs, so they're seeing the data. And we can see, I think, now why they're shifting some of their strategies and really creating the customer base of the future, right? Helping people improve their financial health is going to be part of our business models in the future that I don't think that we've got figured out yet. So in particular, they called attention to a lot of these companies. Um, some of them I've talked about on the stage here in past years, like Chime. Have you heard of at least some of these companies that are here? So all of them have been introducing uh, small dollar loan products through secured credit card options um, over the last few years, and particularly Chime getting a lot of attention for it. So I wanted to show a couple of those products today. I remember I said that they're doing new things with old products. How many of your credit unions have offered secured credit cards over the years? Probably many of you. So these, these aren't monumental different kinds of products, but it's how they market to them and some of the new features enabled by FinTech that they're turning on. So I wanted to show you one that um, is called Money Lion. Has anybody heard of Money Lion? So uh, rather than me explain their secured credit card product, I thought I would show just the quick little- Let's get to green together. Today. Building your credit is easier than you think with Credit Builder Plus. Open an account to get a $500 loan. Then get your loan. You'll get access to some of it now, while the rest of it's held in your credit reserve account, which unlocks once you pay off the loan. Make payments on time to build a positive payment history. You pay, we report. Watch your credit bill during the life of the loan. And that's how we get to where we need to be. Green. Pretty simple, right? So it's still a secure credit card, but they're advancing some of the funds back to the consumers immediately. And then what I found really curious about this one in particular from Money Lion 
is that they build it on a subscription. So it costs $19.95 per month to take advantage of this secured uh, debit card. But you'll see if you zoom in on some of the features that they describe, they also offer something called a share cash back. And so you'll see over on the right, if you perform certain behaviors during the course of the month, they'll let you reduce that subscription fee. So look at the top. If you make 20 purchases with the card, and if you have 20 plus days where you log into their app, they'll completely waive the service charge. And I thought that was a pretty ingenious way to encourage people to spend more time inside of their app, right? And I bet you there's a high correlation of if you log into mobile banking apps, your financial health probably improves too, right? Because it gives them a chance to influence and engage those users. So I thought these are new business models, unlocking subscription revenue opportunities. We do some research with Ron Shevlin every year, and it's 41% of Gen Y and Gen Z are now paying subscription fees for financial products, 41%. And so these companies, are they're not tied down with the old business models of our day. They're looking at new ways to create value and earn, earn a good business uh, model from it. Another one that I uh, found was interesting was called Synchrony. And uh, they are offering secured debit cards too, but they've teamed up with Amazon. So if you go to Amazon, you can actually search for secured um, credit card and they'll feature the Synchrony products. They offer cashback services uh, when you shop at Amazon and uh, to use these. So I thought a good way to, again, go where the people are, find out where they're shopping, give them incentives. And then what I thought was most interesting about this one is that it has a graduation plan. So think about that. We're investing in our CDFI strategies. We're trying to find people that need our help, but we've got to make sure that when we help them and they're able to make improvements to their health, that we've got a graduation plan to sustain our connection to them, right? And here at Synchrony, once you maintain your card in good standing for 12 months, you can graduate. They even give you more cash back from Amazon. And my friend from, uh, from Visa said that these kinds of things are super important. If you're going to be a CDFI certified credit union, you got to have graduation plans because if you don't, you're going to pour these investments into helping people and then the very minute that they hit super prime status, guess what's going to happen? Chase is going to be all over them, right? They've got so much information about the people that they want to target, especially those super primes. So is that concept rep resonating with all of you, thinking about graduation plans for our underperforming target? products. All right, and then this one's not a secured credit card, but Apple has a way of kind of putting spins on things that, again, are old products in new ways. So does anybody have the Apple card on your iPhone in your wallet? Okay. So if you open up that wallet and look at some of the features inside, once you start using the card for a while, they start hitting you with notifications on your phone about connecting your family and improving the financial health of your family, which I thought was a good way to start promoting these services. Think about that. If you ha have a family that's struggling with financial health, sometimes it's one person that can screw it up for everybody, right? So thinking about ways that you can improve the health of your family together, I thought this was really interesting. So they started marketing saying, hey, look, we can help you through this notification. 
get cards into the hands of co-owners. Now, I've had co-owner credit cards with my wife for our whole uh, marriage, of course, but on the right, you'll see they also were calling them participants, so things that you could do with your family. And then it allows you in the app to go in and you can uh, click on each person. Uh, you can set spending limits, spending alerts for each person right through the app. I have a friend that has the Apple card on his phone and he told me a story. He said, my son was at the vet. He was on a road trip. Their dog was having some kind of medical emergency and his son said, hey, I, I need to make the payment before they can do the surgery. And so he went into the into the wallet on his app and issued a one-time use card, texted it to his son who was able to make the purchase there at the vet. Texted a one-time use card. It was really awesome, right? So thinking of ways that we can promote financial family security, I think are some challenges that I'm making as well. All right, time flies when you're having fun. There's Robo Dave again. So um, I've hit the, the end of my promise time. Maybe we have time for one or two questions before you guys hit the bar. Any, uh, any questions that I can answer for anybody? You're ready for the gins, right? Uh, gin and tonics, right? Yes? Yes. Yeah. So the question is, when I um, connected my Palm and Amazon One, is that Palm now systemic through all of their payment options? Yes. So if I went back to the picture, you'll see in the first one, you insert your card. Then it says, would you like to scan your palm? You can bypass it if you want. I chose to do it. You can do both palms if you want. And then you'll enter your phone number at the end. And then it gives you some options where inside the store, if you want them to text a receipt, you can just go to a machine and punch in your email address, and they'll text you that. But now, any, any store that I go to, like if I find a Whole Foods that's using the store, or if I go to the Panera Bread when they launch it, anywhere that Amazon One works, the payment system will work, grab it, and walk out. It's pretty cool. The question I got in the last session is, what if you don't have any available funds in your account, right? What would happen then? Now, I don't know the absolute answer. I haven't talked to anybody on the payments team at Amazon. But I suspect what happens is that when you insert your card, just like you were putting gas in your car at the, at the gas station, it's going to do a memo post transaction, clear the transaction. So if you punch in your card or put your palm there and you don't have the funds, guess what? The door's not going to open. So I think they're just doing a posted transaction to figure that out. Good question. Any other questions? Yeah, so he, he, the question was, where do, you where do we think um, Apple's going to go with other products? Well, they just made the announcement uh, about, a, what, two weeks ago that there are now savings products available through your iPhone. How many of you have an Apple savings account now? So we've got at least one back there. Did you guys read the, the press release on that? So it's all done through Goldman Sachs. That's their partner for the credit cards. So they started offering the Apple savings account, and in five days... They had a billion dollars in savings balances, five days. So I think we're just seeing the beginning of this. So Apple has such an advantage by having our eyeballs you know, on these phones all day long, right? So I think they've pursued this through partnerships. So they're going to keep expanding. They're, they're offering now a lot of additional new services aimed at merchants. So 
uh, I think they're going to continue to come up with some really novel things maybe that we haven't seen before. Yes? It was uh, four and a quarter percent. Yeah, and a notification on your phone. How about a savings account with four and a quarter percent? So to me, some of the advantage they're going to have is not just the products, it's the advertising delivery, right? They've got your eyes on that phone, and they control the notification system in your phone, right? So they don't have to kind of seek out your permission through email or try to find your eyeballs on you know, media and marketing. They know you're going to be staring at the phone all day long so they can do a notification. It's such, a, such an advantage in a marketing strategy. Yes, yeah, Wealthfront is another one of the uh, PFM style um, financial advice, wealth management. They're doing chatbot kind of things, and so that's another one that is a true player. 455, yeah, Marcus through Goldman Sachs just raised their rate this week to 415, so there's quite a number of the big dogs in the four to four and a half range right now. I think I saw one more hand towards the back. Yes. Say again now, what if? That's a great question. Yeah, so what happens, like someone asked me one time, what if you're at the um, airport with your family or your kids or something like that, right? So what happens is when you get to the front of the store and you check in, and if someone walks in with you, it knows that. So it uses the cameras and the facial recognition. So in effect, you become a, a cart partner with the people that you walk in with. So if <laughs> what if you didn't want them to? Yeah, that's on you, my friend. So, so if I walk in with, with my wife and either of us grabs items, we're going to be charged for any of the items that either of us grab. So um, it's funny you ask that question. I'm the kind of guy that tries to break things. So um, one day I was traveling with my wife at the airport, and I thought, okay, let's see if we can throw a curveball at the system. So I said, okay, I'm going to walk in. And uh, I'm going to be in there for a second. I asked her to wait for just a minute or two. She checked in. And then after we were both inside, I, was, I pulled a product off. And then I handed the product to her. And we were like swapping products back and forth. And then guess what happened in the end? It got everything right. It was kind of scary um, how good this facial recognition and this you know, AI software is. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> yes? Um, I have not tried to return something. Um, that'd be an interesting test for me to do the next time that I'm in the airport. Open it first. Yeah, open it first, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th I think you can actually put items back. So. Yeah, that's right. You put it back at the same spot. But if you leave it in the store somewhere, they don't know that. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're, I have read a couple, like when I tested the Amazon Go in Seattle and the original concept, I was like doing all kind of shenanigans in that store. I was taking two things off, putting one thing back, swapping products, and in the end it got everything right even when I was moving products about the store. I haven't tried that at this store, but I have heard that somebody was you know, charged and moved a product or did something right. So I'm going to have to add some more shenanigans to my test at the airport to see if I can confuse it at all. All right, well, I think uh, I've exhausted my time. Hey, it really is my privilege to be able to share some of my uh, ideas with you, and so I hope that you enjoyed my content and enjoy the rest of the conference. So, Rick, thanks for having me back.
Today's CU Strategy Podcast is brought to you by 454 Creative, a digital marketing agency with extensive experience developing websites and marketing strategies for credit unions. 454 Creative is ready to help design your brand, define your strategy, and deliver your story to your community and grow your members. Visit 454creative.com slash CU today to learn more and get a free website review.